bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody! Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics! I'm Julie! And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about politics like we're talking about reality TV. And we sound like this because we are back on solid ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. back in the United States of America, no more floating around the ocean on a giant ship full of gay guys. No more drinking from the second we wake up until the second we go to bed. <laughs> well, well, I mean... <laughs> For yeah, what, no, it's time. Days. It's time to, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're the, the, the chess pieces are being put into place. I ordered Beach Body. I, you know, <laughs> we think trying. we're going to dry out until what? Miami Pride? Oh, right. But that's, that's really just a week. Well, it might be two weeks. Two weeks. It's not a te- that's not a terrible amount of time to try and dry out. I definitely am going to do a, uh, what's it called when you step back? You know what I mean? You're for the next re- week. You're going to reevaluate? Well, no, were you... To, you're going to dial it down? Dial it down. Well, it would be impossible not to. We were on a floating <laughs> bar, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to dial it down, which should be... Hopefully will be... Help wake... You know, help uh, one wake up. Yeah. Help I mean, one... I Two weeks. I'll probably officially have dried my liver out around... Probably right about the time we wake up to leave for the airport for Miami Pride. <laughs> I mean, like... I'm just, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not a stopping, but it's definitely yeah. Yeah. And I'm traveling again tomorrow. <laughs> literally, less than twenty four hours. We just got home late last night at midnight. We knew we had to do the podcast, plural. Mm-hmm. So I spent the night at Julie's, and we look like we've been punched. Somebody, <laughs> it looks like someone snuck in here last night and punched us in the face all night. <laughs> And then we woke up and we're like, whoa, we got beat up last oh, night. I mean, like we called your management office and we're like, excuse me, someone got in here and beat us up last night. They're like, yeah, this is what we do, you know, it's too bad for you. Okay. Anyway, so here's the deal. Yeah. We got a gift from, you know, quickly becoming like one of our top five favorite listeners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least maybe top three. Uh, um, her name is Jen Severson. Mm-hmm. And it could be Severson or who knows why why I always analyze how to say the names but it's important people don't like to have their name yeah no well, but anyway it's Jen now the the significance of this new gift okay. that Jen needs to know is yeah. that her other gift yes because she's a font of gifts I think she could be rich which is pretty genius I met her in Portland she handed me um a bag of gifts and one of the things in the gift bag <laughs> well we used multiple things but she, well we've used almost everything yeah. in there so she's a $10 Patreon member though first of all let's say. oh right so thank you that's amazing she's basically funding our lives right her I mean, at alone this point she's a work 
every gift she gives we're actually using yeah and then she's pretty much paying our salaries <laughs> through the patreon because <laughs> never forget we don't get paid for this that are for the 14 of you listening now this is free for you right, right. but some people go over to patreon tell them about the patreon meow, meow. at patreon.com you you too can listen to the bonus episode of dumb gay politics by julian brandy where they talk about nothing they talk shit they talk about nothing they ramble on for an hour each time sometimes it's no, you know, it's always been an hour. Yeah, never, it's never. It's either an hour and a fucking goddamn hour and 20 minutes. I mean, and believe me, I have been like, it's 47 fucking minutes. Can't we just stop? And you're like, nope, we got to go to the full six. Though, so we do. And go to Patreon.com. If you like to hear us. Gay politics. Right. So, yeah, it's a dollar a week. If you don't want to pay a dollar a week, you can set a cap. You can do a dollar a month. Yeah, you can, but you won't get, I don't know how it works. I really don't. I we think you just, join so I don't either. Understand. We don't know how it works. I know people write in like, we don't, I don't know how it's charged. And I don't know how to count. Do I do that? And we're like, I don't. We don't know. We're we're don't like, know. whatever you want, we'll we pay don't you back. Don't we don't know. understand. Yeah. However, she pays $10 a week. Okay. That's $40 yeah. a month. So we, you know, and so Ugh. first of all, Jen, you brought gifts to Julian Portland, <laughs> yeah. which included poise pads, because on the Patreon, we talked about how I, and in other podcasts, in Johnny's podcast, we've talked about how I auditioned and got called back for a goddamn, like, incontinence commercial. <laughs> like, adult, basically adult diapers is what they are. When you laugh, do you urinate? <laughs> it's like that, I'm just having a good time, and I can't help a little sprinkles out. Yeah. That's I'm what sorry, it is. I've had 14 kids in my pelvic wall, so... I got called back, whatever, who cares, but she brings adult diapers right. that Julie ended up using, quite frankly, <laughs> on this cruise. I got my period, and I had nothing with me, and I used boys' pads. So thank you, Jen. You saved the day. <laughs> she used adult diapers for her period. Please let that sink in, okay? I bet well, you she hasn't used a pad at all for her period, <laughs> like in probably since high school. Right. And I'm like, so she goes... I had, I started got my period last night and I had to use the poise pads and then I like like probably like three hours later I was like because I brought her out tampons from my toiletry bag and I didn't see that she went in and used one and so I'm like so we're living in like basically the square footage of a small bathroom and I'm like is she still wearing that poise pad because that can't be comfortable it does absorb quite a bit <laughs> I think it just takes the period and puts it way far away into the oh well that was the problem. <laughs> The thing was that I got my period and then the poise pad, it was almost like nothing was there. Right. Julie's like, it's weird. It's just like, I don't see anything on the surface. I'm like, no, I think because on the commercial, you can pour a full gallon of like water into it. Yeah. Well, then I went to the bathroom and I was like, I did I get pregnant and have an abortion in the toilet? Because what just happened? Like, I don't know what happened, but I guess I went to the hot tub on the gay guy cruise, got pregs, and then hit my head somewhere and the fucking baby came out because I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, so we, anyway. And by the way, she used one again to... She used all the poise pads. Well, I used it again because there was a, I, you know, listen, I'm a large lady and with a large flow and <laughs> sometimes the tamps aren't enough. So I have to do a double. Oh, because I had like probably okay. just regulars. And so she had to double yeah, up. Yeah. Well, you're a normal we, we size woman. Really, we were just winging it, guys. Here's what some, here's what, here's probably maybe Pam is thinking this could be Phyllis and Leon. If they're listening, they've uh -huh. already turned out. Uh-huh. Someone's normal is thinking. Why not just go to the store and buy some tampons <laughs> that fit your large canal? And what happens is on cruises, which are really nightmares, floating nightmares, <laughs> the 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 shop isn't open while you're docked. Right. And Julie and I aren't functioning when the sh ship's not docked. Like we're not out like, hey, oh, hey there, Terry. <laughs> 
I'd like a fresh orange juice inside yeah. of eggs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 9 a.m. Ooh. Hey, no. Mark. No. Hey, John. No, hey, we're Terry. in the room. We've never left. Mm-hmm. We only wake our vampire selves up hanging upside down in the closet <laughs> to, go, <sighs> to get out to the beach. I must go out to get the boys bad for my theory of this blowing out. <laughs> Where can I get the Bloody Mary for myself uh, so I don't feel so sick again today? I do want to say I did work three times, though. I did three shows. Yeah, you were working. And then she was working her other job called Make Brandy Happy. Bitch, get the fuck up. We're getting to the beach. So then we're we're up at night at the dock and we're like on the fucking at paradise. Just like, where's the vodka? We're getting outside, but I can't barely see. Do you know where we can get the vodka from? Do so, you know? So there was no way. I mean, of course, Julie fucking, for, for this third time this month, forgot her fucking toothbrush or lost her toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, there was that So now too. we're using the same toothbrush for three days because we still can't get to the store. Now we're buying a toothbrush in the uh, store in Barbados. And I'm like, what kind of currency do you guys use? And the woman's like, just what do you need? Like, like in a full American yeah. accent. American, actually. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Oh, wow. Traveling. Oh, All right. Yeah. So Jen sent us another gift, and that's why we love her. And okay. We arrived home fresh from using all the iPads. We're walking around our tiny room with like gold Brandy Glanville <laughs> iPad. Oh, yeah. I'm like, is this mine fell take- off into the toilet? So. Here's what the letters, the, the note says. It has okay. a picture of her, but you would have remembered because you do remember. Her, I remember, yeah. Of course. Um, so it says, remember us? We brought you poise pads <laughs> and gold, gold eye patches. I also, and we've worn them. Um, there, and then she said, and vodka and a joint. Oh, yeah, we should have. We should have smoked that this morning. I would have thrown up. Okay. Dear Brandy and Julie, we wanted to say thank you for all the laughs you provided us. We are Mm -hmm. totally obsessed with DGP and wanted to let you know. My best friend Lisa flew up from Tahoe to see Julie. Oh, my God. That's so nice to see Julie a few weeks ago in Portland. We got to meet you, which was so great. And we can't wait to see you both in July back here in POX. Oh, is that the sign for Portland? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like LAX. PDX. Oh, PDX. Okay. Why D? Oh, I see Portland. Okay. If for you, dildos. If you want. <laughs> if you want, we could take you out on my boat for some summer oh sun water. Oh, my God. She is rich. I wow. love Wow. Yes. We would love to show you a fun time when you come back to Oregon. Keep up the hard work. We appreciate it. Enjoy the gifties. Jen and Lisa. I want to just say, if you're thinking about flying to ever see us do the live podcast, I'd probably skip that. <laughs> but... Julie, you should definitely if you're if you're considered putting the investment God. to see her do stand up, you mm. should because I'm telling you and I'm not just saying it, it really is worth it and you'll be like what will the problem after you see her do stand up is you don't understand why you didn't see it on Showtime and then you'll want other people to know and they'll be like we actually don't know who you're talking about and you'll be like that lesbian from Curb and they'll be like oh yeah she does stand up exactly so um I've only been doing it for 32 years right. <laughs> I've handed like DVDs to people so that I could find. Well, thanks. Like, That's so sweet. You're always the most supportive. That's so nice. So we got two visors that look like Ooh, we're going to wear them to play one. golf. Which one? Let me the- put one on. Give okay. me a pink one. Okay. One's pink, one's black. They say feminist AF. Oh, cool. Very cool. It's been a long time since I had a visor. Oh, I, oh, I should send this to my mom. She does play golf. Oh, great. I should wait. My stupid fuck dad wear one. There we go. You probably would. He'd be like, what does AF mean? And we'd be like, Abercrombie and Fitch, Dad. Just go ahead. <laughs> if I was talking to him, I'd tell him that. I'm wearing it. You look cute. Your hair's bonking out the top. All you, need to, you look like, you do look like, what's her name? The money lady. S- Susie Arman? Yeah. 
uh, adjustable rate mortgages. <laughs> I'm going out to play golf and Jen and I are going on her boat <laughs> that she bought because I told her about mortgages <laughs> that you all should do because if you don't, then you're going to be poor and I know everybody knows I don't want to be near poor people. Where's my partner? We're going to play golf. I have all my gold jewelry on. You're welcome. And that's all those advisors need is a shit ton of gold jewelry hanging down. She gave us... <gasps> <laughs> she gave us... I hid these, Jen. I didn't show Julie this oh, when I opened those the gift. Are my face. She sent us fucking dental sticks. Yay! Dental spears, mom. You know you love them too. So she get the exact Let ones you see. use too. The green ones, the classics, and they're the smooth glide ones. That's very important. <laughs> Not everybody knows that. <laughs> the exact one Julie has. We got two flasks. One mine is orange. They're like leather, orange. leather bound, orange, leather bound flasks with, nice. with our names. Ooh, mine's huge. Julie got a huge black one. I'm like, it's funny only because I'm the one that needs the extra large flask. I know. I guess well, we can switch. Oh, it's got my name on it. Yeah, we can't switch because of our names. But so that's so awesome. I, I love this. Gorgeous, and our names are engraved. That is so cool. Then I got. I have the big black it one. It says for brandy. <laughs> Ooh, what's that? And it's aloe vera gel. Cold press. <laughs> oh my God. And you needed that. Fuck yes. <clears throat> okay, then. Um, this is amazing. I know. It's so great. We got things. You- <sighs> okay, now here's the other thing, Jen, really Give quick. Give that to me right now. <laughs> she gave us these. Um, they look like. Oh, they're. Okay, so they plug into your um, your iPhone like connector. And then through your phone, they become a. It's a fan. So the irony I don't know how she's so cosmically connected to our needs, but we ended up in the airport at LAX. Julie bought through my suggestion because I saw like literally a four year old like, I want this. And she's holding a fan of like Frozen. And it's like this figurine of some bitch from Frozen with a fan. And I so I'm waiting for Julie to get out of the cheese aisle. And I'm like, look at this, this little bitch over here. Look at this fan she's holding. And Julie's like, whoa. And so she I was sweating and I was sweating. That was the thing. She was dying. And so she looks through the fans and, of course, has to select some fuck face from some dumb bitch from Star Wars, which I thought was Wonder Woman. And I was supportive until I realized it's someone from Star Wars. It's the fucking girl from fucking Star Wars. What is the problem? I don't know. I wanted you to choose. I didn't want you to choose that. Um, (laughs) I know you said, why don't you get a troll or get a whatever? Of course, you had to pick the whore. But I did think that it was, I thought it was Wonder Woman. But anyway, we had that thing. Julie was using it. We were using a fan and now we have these fans. I'm sure everyone's tuned out. The last last and final um, piece of the puzzle is um, a sign, um, a small sign that not a small sign, but it's the size of a license plate that we are immediately going to hang that says the drug den <laughs> with a, a close up glass of whiskey. It literally looks like the actual desk in here. I don't know how she knows you I have don't... a blonde wood <laughs> Ikea desk, an editor's desk that goes the length uh-huh. of the room. Uh-huh. And then all drugs. I'm not going to say which specific drug you need that's between us and it. Jen, but um, it's all drugs on here and it's so dope. And Julie's going to hang it behind her guitars. Yes, yeah, I am. It's so nice to be understood. Let's get to Eye of the Shitstorm. You should take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. This week, like every week in the un-United States of Trump America, there were many, many, many shitstorms. But we decided the biggest and shittiest one of all was Trump firing the national security advisor, <laughs> HR <laughs> McPuffin stuff, and then hiring a, one of the world's biggest assholes 
beyond like literally imagine a huge gaping asshole and that person's name is john bolton as his replacement Okay, so I, of course, representing the dumb portion of the podcast, had no fucking clue who John Bolton even was. But Julie, of course, knew exactly who he was. And she was sitting there watching the news on the cruise. And she was so horrified to hear that this guy was going to be our new national security advisor. Like she was like beside herself. And I'm like, who? I don't even know who he is. All I know is he has a weird mustache. So she's so grossed out by him that I'm I'm. I'm pretty sure that this is going to be more like an informal Judge Julie rather than an Eye of the Shitstorm or a combo of both. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's like it, it happened, I think, on maybe Thursday. We had been waiting for what's his face right. to get fired. I mean, here's the thing with him. And even if you don't know anything about him, if you've watched Fox News, you've seen him on there. He's the guy that looks like... Um, um, Colonel Sanders. Pew, 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 oh yeah, pew. yeah, yeah. He looks like the guy that tries to get Bugs Bunny. So that's... with the red mustache. Yeah. But this guy's Yosemite gray. Sam? Yosemite it? Sam. Yeah. And he is exactly like Yem- Yosemite. He is Yosemite Sam, only not cute, not funny, and, not adorable, and not a ginger anymore, and not a ginger he's, anymore. He's, has all so gray. He's constantly on. They use him as on Fox News as their sort of like talking head about. Um, international new you know opinion and all that kind of shit because he he served under bush he was like the reason we went to war with iran and the whole weapons of mass destruction that was john bolton oh and he that whole lie that was iraq i thought all the, i mean iraq and that was all him and he um he is notorious and the reason why people there he's very controversial is he you're still in the visor yeah he <laughs> He's like Trump in the way that he's a nationalist and he's um, he wants to do offensive attacks. He doesn't want to do diplomacy. So he acts as a diplomat, but he isn't diplomatic. So he's he doesn't want to do peace. He wants to do we will crush you. We will own you. We will. He wants to do that. He wants to do. We have to be number one. He wants to do. (coughs) um, Fuck our allies. Fuck our. There's no such thing as allies. There's no the U.N. He doesn't believe in the U.N. He's been quoted a million times as saying. The UN is pointless. It's a place where people just basically, it's basically like an international beach club. It's where people get together and just hang out and have coffee. And he said if the UN were bombed, it wouldn't even matter. The 10 floors of the UN would be, would never be missed. He said, um, he's, he wants to bomb North Korea. He's, he's, he, now the weird thing is, is that he doesn't, he doesn't like Russia. However, I believe he is in bed with Russia too. I think that that's because a video surfaced. There was a video he did for the gun for gun. He's also so pro. I mean, he's pro violence, like pro war, and much like Trump and these guys who all want to go to war because they all want to make money because they're all they're the why are they warmongers? They're, I don't think it's that they like killing. I think it's that they like making money because when they go to war, they make money on weapons. They all have deals with weapon companies. Yeah. They're all in bed like with Halliburton, the NRA. Halliburton and all that shit. Exactly. Those guys are all in war because to make money and don't care whether your kids get killed well, the reason- and don't understand yeah. about war because they never fucking went. So he also deferred from Vietnam. He never was in the military. And here's a guy now who's basically in charge of security and defense and stuff that has to do with the military who's never even been in it insane that's insane who doesn't like going to war that's like generals that's like sending someone to head up the like gymnastics association who's like like just me i'd be like okay cool so now or like the olympics it's like all right now what are we doing here i mean it's like right it's 
it's they're fucking draft dodgers straight up straight and now up he's gonna decide that which 18 year olds are gonna That's head right. on in in a preemptive strike and bomb north korea like children right and it's weird because he's highly educated he's another one that's like highly not like trump but he's highly educated and has been in government has been has worked in the white house and doesn't seem to what has he, never seemed to evolved he's never seemed he to evolve under bush i believe he was his secretary okay hold on let me just make sure Bolton worked as the Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security. Oh, excuse me. Sworn into the position on May 11th, 2001. In this role, a key area of his responsibility was the prevention of proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. Bolton led the George W. Bush administration opposition on constitutional grounds, blah, 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 blah. So he worked for Bolton doing that. Okay. Bolton was running and derailing. It wasn't really like a top position, but I think it's funny that it's it's all becoming like this conversation of like who we're going to end up in war with first. And then like I think the the head of like veterans affairs is about to get the can, too. It's like, I don't right. Care about- and also just just for a little. Also, here's a quote. Iran's Iran. And here's Iran. Foreign ministry has called Bolton rude and undiplomatic. Iran. Oh, well, they're so pissed about him getting chosen because they they're who we have a problem with right now right and they're like oh great now we got this fucking asshole and there's no way we're gonna it's all gonna go in the wrong direction when it was maybe go just stagnant or it was all just still talk you're just keeping the hot potato floating in the air as long as you can before you're not you're trying not to let the ball drop into which is a bomb a north korean and i'm not saying trying to give whatever for these because I think Iran's obviously government is disgusting and yeah. they're all disgusting people and whatever. But what's funny is that <laughs> so and now a North Korean spokesperson called John Bolton human scum and a bloodsucker. They don't even talk like that about Trump. This guy is I'm telling you he is any even if you just watch him just look him up on Google and let just li- listen to him talk on Fox. He's He's such a fucking asshole. Like he's he has no regard for anybody else. He is he's he's also like a narcissistic. He's a narcissistic nationalist. That's I what I think he is. Poor John McCain's like got one foot in the grave, but I wish he wasn't so he could go kick his fucking ass. No shit. Like at least John McCain was a prisoner of war and understands that war is not nobody. These guys don't want to fight and they come back ruined people ruined ruined and it's just done. And this guy wants to send thousands of and then half of them are fucking homeless. Right. The biggest epidemic in America. And, and these people come back They're They're like they have a screw loose and they're they've got PTSD and they're living on the streets and no one's taking care of them. And it's like this guy. Whatever you just have to, even just hearing him talk about guns. Go here's Google here's a hear him talk about here's guns a quote from, right here's a quote from the Washington Post. Bolton's geopolitical impatience matches his rumored professional demeanor. Allegations of bullying and abuse trail his conduct in office. In 2005 congressional testimony, he was famously described as a kick down kiss up manager by a State Department colleague. Ooh, the worst <coughs> the worst kind of offense. I mean. The insight derailed his chances of permanently securing the UN post. So he he he's been like rejected from jobs he's tried to get because especially during people don't want to work with him. But Trump, he literally we all thought we would never see him again except on Fox News, and now of course he's working for Trump. It's okay, and we were all waiting for. We knew that that McPuffin stuff was going to get the boot, but it just was outright shocking. 
it's so it's it's if I don't understand how whatever's going on with Mueller and all this bullshit, it's like if you don't see that Trump is a being run by Putin. I mean, Putin has picked Bolton and that we're now having all people who don't want government to have any role in diplomacy or in a compromise or in what the departments are supposed to do and it wants to be run by a, a small group of men. Yeah, and they want it to be like North Just Korea. Like they Mussolini. want it to be like right. Iran. They, want, they literally want yeah. a Mussolini style. I mean, I'm not going to say Hitler anymore because it's not fucking Hitler because Putin's fucking Hitler. Mm-hmm. So Trump is Mussolini and all these guys are doing their fucking nationalistic goddamn dictatorship with their small group of fucking oligarchs. And now, you know what? These are oligarchs. Yeah. So here's yeah. American oligarchs right here who are running our country. So congratulations, Lees, the Lees of the world. Well, that was completely depressing and scary. <laughs> so let's let's change the subject. We're going to get to off limits. Oh. Um, now, you guys, we did this interview um, like our last day on the boat. So if you hear any ship noises or dick sucking in the background <laughs> or, you know, something such as... Yeah. You'll know why. That's right. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Die. Turn. Work. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. This is the part of the show where we talk to influencers and activists about a subject that's usually off limits. Politics. And I truly couldn't be more excited about our guest today. Everyone loves drag queens, and for the most part, we're all getting our drag queen news from RuPaul's Drag Race. Obviously, Drag Race is great, and it has introduced us to a ton of amazing queens, but there's a whole world of comedy queens that were around long before Drag Race, and they will still be getting paid long after Drag Race is gone. And our guest today is the best of the best. Like, literally, the best one. Yeah, yes, as we've discussed. Julie's been obsessed with him for a million years. (laughs) Uh, Miss Richfield 1981 is the drag persona of comedian and writer Russ King. He's been performing as Miss Richfield and slaying audience all over the world for the past two decades, we think. In my opinion, the reason Provincetown hasn't been bulldozed off the map is because of Miss Richfield. She single-handedly, single-handedly <laughs> made Provincetown the Las Vegas of Massachusetts. If any of our 14 listeners don't know her by name, please go Google her right now and you'll definitely recognize this bitch because she's been on like 900 million TV shows. She's been on Tonight Show, mm-hmm. Kick Boss, Watch mm-hmm. What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. She's a reoccurring cast member on Talk Show, The Game Show on True TV and has a campaign with the travel company or- Orbitz. Mm-hmm. That's called getting paid, girl. <laughs> and she's a brand ambassador for Palm Springs even though the motherfucker lives in Minnesota. <laughs> I, mean, who, I mean, come on. She's not only beyond fucking hilarious, she infuses political and social commentary seamlessly into her act. And she writes a brand new show. I'm sorry, did you want to turn up turn the volume? Brand new show every fucking year. That alone should win her an award. The only other person working that hard for the audience was Louis C.K. And we all know what happened there. We are so lucky he agreed to sit down and talk with us today. So without further fucking ado, let's welcome Miss Richfield 1981, a.k.a. Russ King. Hey, Russ. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you said my name. I wouldn't have recognized who you were describing. <laughs> All those like, things are true. Take that? it in. It's Varla Jean Merman here, and I don't see her. Where is she? Did you realize how gangster you are? Jeez, pretty... no. I'm like, mm, got to hang around lesbians more often. All right. I mean, come on. I'm I've on. been saying it to Brandy for years. Oh. Like, fucking Miss Richfield. No one, I can't, I can't, I can't take it. Oh, my God. Even when you walk through the room. So kind. Well, and it is such a labor of love and fun to rub shoulders with other comedians that you love to hang out with. <laughs> uh-huh. Some people are amazing to work with, but 
not necessarily people you want to hang out with and we click so <laughs> I was gonna say like that, that yeah. you're in a business where or the specific subsect of this industry where it it, it yields a lot of dark mm. cunty mm. in the bad way <laughs> yes people and how do you how are you staying like so positive it's like such a bright light you're just not yeah. toxic yeah. Well, you know what it is? I think part of it is it was a later career for me. It was a second career. My first career was journalism and public relations. And I did that. I did, uh, for about 12 years, I did that career, about half and half, about 50-50 of uh, journalism and PR. My last job was with the Minnesota AIDS Project, which is a statewide AIDS organization. Mm. And I ran the communications department there. So... I come from a background of, you know, just being real and needing to get along with people and figuring it out, you know. And so when I got into the career of um, comedy, which just I kind of inched into over the course of probably like seven years before, it was really not full time until 03 when I started in Provincetown. And by the time I started, um, you know, I, I was 41 years old, so it was kind of set up at that point. I had longtime friends. You know, some dead family members. You know, you go through life. Yeah. You know, you're 41, things happen. You know, got a DWI. You know, like, I lived my <laughs> life. You know, it was like, I was real. And um, I think it would have been much different. I yeah. think I was a youngest child. Oh. So I was, you know, somewhat spoiled of four, the, you know, only daughter of four, you know, four boys. And uh, <laughs> my mother's only daughter and the youngest child. So that was tough. That oh. was tough, you know, because I was mommy's boy. And so I just wasn't mature, you know, and I look at these younger kids who do this stuff and I'm amazed. I was like, wow, it's so cool to see these kids do these, you know, acting careers or whatever yeah. and be grounded. I'm thinking like my friend Ben De La Creme from Drag yeah, yeah. Race and Jinx Monsoon and these guys who just handle themselves like 10 years older than they are. And I'm just, I would have been a mess. So thank God I wasn't. Was I comedy or drag or any of that stuff in your, even in your like... No. No. So it wasn't even, <laughs> you, it wasn't psyche. even a dream. It went, oh, I can't no. even go. No. I, my background, when I was a kid, I was, uh, you know, very theatrical, youngest gay child, <laughs> yeah. right? Crazy. And so I was the entertainer at home, and I was the entertainer at school, always got leads, you know, like in my musical years in high school, went to a, you know, my high school graduating class was 600, so we had a nice size. Whoa. Nice size department. We had a full orchestra, you know, back in the day. Full Jesus. student orchestra and, you know, all this. So we, it was a really nice school to go to. Uh, very middle class, blue collar school rich in Richfield. But, um, and I always got leads and so forth. But then when I went to school, my family was very conservative Christian and not theatrical and not supportive mm. of that at all. And in fact, um, I drove my father a little crazy. Like, he would come to stuff really reluctantly. We'd do six shows, and he would, we could barely get him to one show. And I was like the lead, I was like the star. You're of the doing show. like what, Guys and Dolls yeah. and shit? Or uh, what? I was the music man in my senior wow. year. I was Og in Finian's Rainbow, and I was Huckleby, the boy's father, in The Fantastics, and as a sophomore. And um, yeah, it was really a fun experience and really high class, good stuff. But. Um, but my dad, you know, I, I, I was always gay. And so I talk, you know, with my hands. I'm very animated. <laughs> and my dad would say, oh, you know, quit talking with your hands. You know, you look like a woman, you know. And he'd say, right, I know. Little did he know the seed he was planting. Yeah. But he said, um, it's all that drama. It's that drama you're oh, involved with. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the home I grew up in. And then my parents, you know, they came around. But... But, well, when did so you when come I went out? to college, yeah. oh. I, I, I got jobs in like 
like I worked in technical things, so I ran soundboards oh, and things like okay. that, which is actually kind of good. Yep. Because now I know all that stuff, yep. and so um, I know how to run sound and what it's supposed to sound like. And so I did all that in college, and then out of college, I didn't do anything. I didn't even do community theater. I was just busy trying to build a career and make money. Yeah, make money, and you mm-hmm. know you don't get paid for writing. So I was always poor. Yeah. yeah. It was tough. Reach into the choir here. I know. When I did know. you come out to your parents? Came out to my parents in, I think it was 26, and I was, I had worked on, of all places, the Canadian border on a daily, small daily newspaper in International Falls, Minnesota, and I just finally had had it. It was like, you know, my conservative Christian background, I had been fucking around with guys <laughs> for, I'm sure we can swear on this, right? Yes. Um, you know, I'd been in tea rooms and department store bathrooms and <laughs> Real bushes. department store and, bathrooms? Oh yeah, that's yeah. where it started. And because uh, in the in its day when this whole thing was new, you know, before the police caught on, you know, that was the place to in a department up. store bathroom. Oh yeah, I know that. in the I third didn't floor of Donaldson's <laughs> that was at Southdale, <laughs> that was the spot. The only reason I knew about that is because my friend who worked in Donaldson's told me that. And about ten minutes later, I was you know trying to avoid him in the men's department and get yeah. to the third floor because <laughs> the men's department was on the first floor. And, um, yeah, and so I was screwing around a lot, wow. you know, from all through, you know, and that was high school. So I was screwing around, you know, and then as I learned to drive and was able to use my dad's cars, I was at adult bookstores and, and, mm. and, and old enough to get into that. And then Wayside Rests, you know, you know, 10 miles out of town. <laughs> was and there? I mean, how I was not murdered or, <laughs> of course, you know, didn't Ever. get my, uh, didn't get any STDs. Nothing. 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 Wow. And all You're that time. the only gay guy on the live with no STD. <laughs> it was crazy with a capital K. It was that nuts. is crazy. And I was, so then I was in International Falls and I was leading this total double life of trying to be this you yeah. know, Christian young man that went to church and all this and, and suddenly I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was, and I was up there fucking around with married men and I was like, I could see myself in that life, you know, I mean, I'm going to get married and have kids and I'm going to be fucking around with my wife and I cannot put a woman through this. This right. is not fair to her. It wouldn't be fair to kids. Not fair to anybody. Not fair to me. Yeah. And well, so ultimately. I, yeah. And so I quit my job, didn't have a job down the Twin Cities and I thought I, I was, I knew I hit a fork in the road. I could move to San Diego or San Francisco, which, you know, I knew I would love, but I thought, you know, I should go home and be gay at home and then it will force me to come out to my family it will also give me a chance to be gay around in the Twin Cities. What is yeah. that like, you know, home? And so, I mean, that's a political move right in and of itself, yeah. yeah. you know what and I mean? And I did. Without I even realizing how. immediately came out to everyone. And which is amazing. To, yeah, I talked to everybody in my family. You know, that went well, except for my father and my mother, but it was like, <laughs> Did they know, eventually come around? You know what? They did. And, and if anyone's listening that is considering coming out... Um, it it was for, that was one of the rare mature times in my life, and I don't know what happened because it was not as I was said, I was not a mature person at all, you know. Like, uh, and it always the youngest child, even into my thirties, right? Not very responsible, couldn't really handle money, was always broke, you know. Like, I just I was a mess mm-hmm. and a uh, fun, fun, but you know, <laughs> always fun, but um, but just mm-hmm. a real disaster. And so I, uh, but the story, and I always. Try to tell this if anyone asked to go into a little bit of detail about my family because my dad, um, when uh, I went through this like thing with his counselor and he brought my parents in and we were going to talk and, and I said to him by this point I told him I was gay 
and that didn't go well. And I sort of was not allowed to stay at home. You know, I had to go stay with a friend. I was planning on staying with them until I mm-hmm. could like find a place to stay. You know, mm-hmm. just for a week or something. And that was, you know, it was sort of like, oh my god, you're done. And so, but then I went through this counseling thing, trying to come to terms with it myself. And so when my parents came to this counseling thing, uh, the counselor I, I, is just listening. He was just mirroring. That's what they do, right? He's like, I'm not giving advice. I'm just going to listen, right? I'm just here to kind of referee this whole thing. And um, so I said to my dad, you know, all I'm really asking you is just to accept me for where I'm at. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be gay. I mean, you know, I feel gay. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, inside, I pretty much knew. But it's like... You know, for his sake. And I was just yeah, like... That's good. Like, ease him into it. I was like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I just want you to accept me for wherever I end up. And my dad's exact comment was, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. I guess we know where you stand on this. You know, like, not, you know, didn't, like, you know, wasn't just trying to say something. I'll try, right, I'll try. Right, or let me think about <laughs> it, or, yeah. I, or I don't think so. You right. Know, absolutely not. So, <laughs> wow, but he eventually yeah. came around. Well, within, and this is why I tell the story, within a year, yeah. they were at my boyfriend's house for Christmas. My boyfriend lived in Michigan and couldn't yeah. go home for Christmas, and it was an off Christmas for them. We had on and off again Christmases with my brothers and sisters-in-law and all that. And so they were going to be alone, and I was going to be with them. But I said, you know, Richard is, you know, they had met Richard by this point. Of course point. his name's Richard. Of course it is. <laughs> and he, you know, I said, he's a great cook, and, you know, he's offering to make dinner for us. And why don't we just go over there, and then you don't have to cook, and, you know, we'll buy better ourselves. flatware, better dishes. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, amazing dinner. Like, three-course dinner to die for. You know, he's it's an excellent cook. And then he played the piano. Oh, my God. And so, you know, in the evening, we sat in the living room and drank coffee, and he played the piano, and... You know, it was just in his condo downtown. So, Sue and my mom bought bought a gift, you know, like a oh. really cute salt and pepper shaker for nice. him, right? You know, a little hostess gift. And so, <laughs> you know, it can happen. And I mean, from absolutely not and kicking me out of the house right. to going for Christmas dinner yeah. in a year with a, you know, I just encourage people to just like be patient. Like try, you be, didn't exactly. get it. You didn't get it in 10 minutes. Right. Don't expect your parents to get it in 10 right. minutes yeah. or other relatives or work or anyone. Or right. Or anyone. Give them time, you yeah. know? And, and, and my yeah. dad, uh, by the end was giving me rides to the airport for my Atlantis events work wow. at like four o'clock in the morning. They had me on some God awful six o'clock <laughs> flight, you know? So at four o'clock in the morning, he's pulling up and I, out I come with all my luggage, you know, he knew what was going on. You know, I quit my job. And now were they, him. were they Republican? Since yeah, well, it was weird. It was really weird because, and then fortunately, I had a brother who was uh, really divorced from the family, which was a big help. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always helpful to have someone, yeah, had a black Do something sheep. worse than you. <laughs> oh my God. I was so thankful for him. I can't even tell you. I've even told him thank you because I do stay in contact with him. But like, and that was actually a horrible, sad story. But anyway, I mean, my father, like, didn't, they didn't see each other and his grandkids were involved and stuff. And my dad mm. didn't see them for like the last eight years of his life. And it was really sad. But it did help me. <laughs> it made me look all the more normal and, you know, and helpful because I stayed in contact with my parents and I was helpful, you know, when they needed help, something needed to be painted, whatever. I was there, right? I was there. And so, um, what was the question? Oh, Republicans. But the weird thing is that in their later life, they became Democrats. Wow. Which is so fascinating. And it happened during the Bush Gore situation. And I was at home and my dad said, God, I cannot believe, well, I didn't say God, he said, gosh, I cannot (laughs) believe um, that they can't 
we can't just go with votes. We can count votes in this day and age. I mean, I understand years ago you couldn't count votes. We can count votes. We know who voted, how many votes there were. Why can't we just go with the winner? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you know who won this? You know, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And so then I just paused for a moment and I thought, I just have to ask. So he said, did you vote for Gore? And he goes, yes. And he goes, so did your mother. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And, you know, no reaction, right? No reaction. Don't react. You gotta Do not react. You like can't. Like it's a, a rabid dog. Like, Yeah. You just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she'll catch I, like, I think I wept in the car. I think I drove away and, like, turned the corner and collapsed in my car. You know, it's like, oh, my God, my parents are Democrats. And they were Democrats to the day, you know, the day he died. And then my mother was a big MSNBC nut for years. Wow. And she would, like, she knew all the things that were going on in MSNBC. She knew all the people. She knew all the, you know... So it was interesting, and that's, again, hopeful that people can change. And I think they saw, you know, they're big pro-lifers, right? Anti-abortion, you know, all that. And I think they got beyond that and realized, oh, there's more to this. You think it was just this. by watching you or, or... You know, I don't know. I'd like to take credit for it, but I don't know what it was. It was interesting because I think part of it was my father had heart problems and he had almost died. I think that might have had something to do with it because that changes your life. I think my brother leaving our family and going through some hard times. My dad had a really good friend that went to prison through illegal activities. And and um, I think my dad went through some really tough times, you know, and I think it maybe kind of made him reassess things and look at life yeah, a little differently. Right. Like all that yeah. stuff became like not black and white, weird like Someone tropes else. or and, different people. You know, yeah. he had always been a leader in the church, and um, and he's just God, and that's that is my intense. background is oh. leadership. That's how I get my leadership skills is from my mom and my dad. They were both leaders, and um, and I think he felt a certain responsibility as any of us would to toe the line. You know, it was like, all right, this is what we do. And then when he got out of that, and when he got older, he you know they he didn't do that anymore. I mean, they still went to church, but he wasn't involved in the politics and the government of it. So he didn't, I think he felt freedom to be able to probably look at life a little differently and say, oh, you know. And I think he smelled a rat. You know, I think, mm, yeah. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he saw George That's W. That's gotta be, though. He was that like, has mm, to be your influence, I too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And he was a big union guy. My Two of my three brothers are union. You know, so I think he felt like, okay, these Republicans are not doing us any favor here, which they're not. Being that they were super churchy, which is so intense for you. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. even care, gay or not. Having mm-hmm. someone who's a leader in the church—that's already mm-hmm. a whole handful of nightmares. Big leader, yeah. But what would they just be like flabbergasted about Donald Trump? Or I mean, that is so interesting. My mother, my poor demented mother, who's um, just going through. She doesn't have Alzheimer's, thank God, but she does have um, some senility. And I think some of it's just isolation. And she's finally quit watching television. And she's sort of bedridden at this point. And um, this is about a year ago. So she was still not as bedridden. But she was already losing her mind a little bit. And we were having coffee outside in this courtyard of her care center. And I said, and she doesn't watch the news anymore. So it's hard to talk to her about politics. And she used to, she knew everything, right? You could talk to her about any bill passing or anything. She knew all of it. Was this like during Obama or before this that? This is during, right after Trump got elected. Oh. So it would have been just a year ago. And Gosh, I was, oh, so it must have been spent in the cafe because it was winter, obviously. And I said to her, geez, I said, you know, I, don't, I know you're not really watching TV, but God, politics are weird. And now and it's kind of been you know it's been tough and she voted you know they have voting at the care center they helped them vote you know it's a really awesome place and so she had voted for hillary you know and i knew she was voting for hillary and uh, i told her you know like i hope you're voting for hillary she's like yeah of course i am 
And so, but now she's kind of getting into this demented state, so not following any news. So that you're talking to this woman who clearly is sort of, you know, out of it in a large extent. And she looked at me and I said, you know, God, it's been a weird time in politics. And she looked at me and said, yeah, I can't imagine that she wouldn't have done a much better job than he's doing. Whoa. In this demented state, right? And I'm like, okay, if this half crazy, <laughs> completely unplugged woman can make sense of this, why can the rest of the world not make sense I of this? Know. But yeah, she she's just like, it's a shame, you know, like he he's just crazy. I mean, Even the demented, no. Even the demented, <laughs> Although no. I'm thinking they should let them vote. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing that was amazing. I was like, interesting. I wonder how they, they do that. They lost them up and just, I don't know. No, it's in a room. It's a, oh, they, they actually they set, up, they set up poles. Maybe. But that's where you could really pull some fraud. Like, well, like, I don't think so. Because my okay, bet yeah. would be, no, I don't think so. Because it's a polling center. And so they probably have a Republican and a Democrat. Okay. Because that's what how the, our uh, polling, all our polling. Because I worked, did you ever work at the polls? I when never I was a worked kid, at the I worked at the polls. <laughs> And, um, My mother did, though, a, I think. Oh, it's interesting. It's fascinating. And oh, each state is different, but Minnesota is very strict about there are Republicans and Democrats mm. at every corner, every... Oh, making sure. Yeah, yeah. like there's always a check and balance. And if you're independent, then, you know, that's <laughs> you just, different. It's like, okay, then we have to do... Then there's three of you, you know. It's you have like a strong female, um, obviously, and you do drag and all that. And it's not just from being gay, but you have, like, a strong, like, female... Um, Understanding. Oh, I thought you were going to say figure. <laughs> and figure. Your legs are to die. Yeah, I have and... big hips and a small waist. <laughs> I mean, I wish for it. I wish oh, for it. I was measured for a tuxedo once in high school. Yeah. And the, the head cheerleader of the high school, who's cute as bugs here, was measuring me, right? And, like, that was a little embarrassing, right? Because, okay. like, I'm kind of like this theater kid, and she's, like, this popular, like... And, but I was, you know, going to a school thing, and so she measures my waist, and she measures my hips, and she goes... We have the same measurements. <laughs> and she was voluptuous and beautiful. And I can't, apparently I was voluptuous. Well, look at you. I didn't even know. Excuse I didn't know you. Because you're very I slim. But I lovely childbearing Well, hips. you're very slim. Mm, I can't, I'm, I'm built like a truck driving man. You're fabulous. I'm what just saying, wide, wide, wide. So <laughs> I wanted to just say. Steal his thing. We have the same measurements. Yeah, like a truck same. driver. Yeah. We have, right. <laughs> 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 getting measured for overalls. Oh my god, like, ma'am. We have the same measurements. Well, so, I was thinking that in the last few shows that I've seen, at least in Atlantis, you have very female empowerment yes. stuff. Like, not just female, but like uh, like a real understanding too, just with, and I don't know if it's your mother's influence or whatever it is, but it's not the same to me, in my opinion, as, as all other drag queens. I think there's like a real deep love that you have for, for women, and not just women, but women's issues. You have an understanding of women's issues and your place in it and their place in it. And I was just wondering, like, where do you, A, are you aware of it? And B, do maybe this is from your mom or? I don't know where it's from. That's interesting because my mother, what's, we, I grew up in a conservative Christian home and, and it was very much like, oh, the father is in charge yeah. and the mother is, you know, supposed to be serving the husband. Yes. And they believed that and they said it and did not live like that at all. You know, my uh. mother ran the ship. And, She's the um, only woman there. Well, and she, right, right. And she, you know, my she just knew how to, you know, she was a total manipulator. She knew how to make get it done, right? I mean, she managed up, you know, uh -huh, like, they, uh -huh, like they do. Uh -huh. And so I think uh, she was, a, and she was a leader. I mean, she was really active. She, um, anything she got involved in, she like sort of took over at some point. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was, you know, and she was at some point catering for a while and. 
um, ran kind of her own catering business and so forth. So she was used to leading and taking chances. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember the first time she did a turkey dinner for like 500 people. And Whoa. I said, wow, how are you going to do that? And she's like, well, you know, buy, you know, buying 14 turkeys. And, you know, like I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. And she was at the, our church and I had big ovens and stuff. I mean, literally her and her ladies, you know, like got the, you know, <laughs> they were moving the, I was like, it was like straight out of, I don't know what, Bill Gates would have been amazed at yeah. this. It's like, wow, how do you do that? Like, everything's ready at the same time for five fucking hundred people, right? Stuffing and the birds. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so she was really a, a leader and a go-getter and a spitfire. And I think, um, but I don't know, in my life, I guess, you know, equality has been a big deal because of my you know, gayness and all that business and always, you know, I was pretty much out most of my career. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and I think uh, because my actions are gay, like some some men, you know, you look at and you say, oh, they're, you know, well, that guy might be gay or, oh, I bet he's, you know, but you don't really know. And I walk into a room and it's like, gay, gay, right? Gay. Oh, oh, like a fire trail is, (laughs) I mean, it's, the carpet <laughs> is on fire. Sins, sins. It is. Yeah, the ceiling tiles brown, <laughs> brown. Yeah. Um, fra- but yeah, a gay oven just walked right, by. Right, right. Oh, get, yeah, open Which a window. Yeah. So, um, but you know, so I never was really able to hide it per se. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's years and years of being, you know, pissed on uh, and being knocked around like yep. you know, second-rate citizen. That's made me look at the women's issues of today, and I feel like we've, as gay men, you know, pretty much have it made. I mean, you know, you know people can make fun if they want to make fun, but you can be who you want to be. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. this day and age, you don't have to butch it up. You can be who you want to be, you know, mm-hmm. and people are pretty accepting, and if they're not, you can go fuck them, you know. <laughs> right. and, but women, it just seems like we... And So I've been in touch, and, and being in my situation with... Uh, uh, Miss um, Richfield, the character, I feel like I do have a platform to be able to talk you totally to people, do. and I have a very mixed crowd, a very mixed crowd in Provincetown and in and in Minneapolis and um, mostly those markets. I mean, when I travel a lot, I get a lot of gay men because it's mm-hmm. it's a gay men's thing. But mm-hmm. um, boy, when I'm in Provincetown, it's like sometimes like forty percent gay. Right. I mean, literally, it's that many straight people. And they range, and it's the same in Minneapolis, it, it ranges from conservative to liberal. It's interesting to watch, um, because conservatives will come and see it. But So we do feel an opportunity in the fun and the happiness and the silliness of it all mm-hmm. to be able to sort of sneak in a message yeah, like, you know, and with the Hamilton number that I did, which Yeah, that was women, the one I was trying to, I thought maybe amazing. it was video. No, and we just are trying to post it now. It's interesting. Good, that's great. We it's a great number, and Nate um, Buccieri <clears throat> wrote it with me. He's a great musician mm. that travels with us. And the two of us wrote it, and um, I like it better than I do Don't Make God a Liar this year, which is a little intense and a little... I like the Hamilton one even better, because it's such a call to action, and it's such a, you know... And, and finally, toward the end of the year, you know, because Trump had been elected, and so during my holiday shows, it was just depressing to do... Almost depressing yeah. to do the number. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> would go all out and I just remember in Minneapolis I'd be like you know like this next number you know is about gals and you know I'm a little discouraged like we don't believe in women in this you know I mean we have hardly any women and for those people who don't know the Hamilton number that you're describing is like the song and it's this video and you're just giving like 
homage to, to all women, women, to women and giving names and you, you know what I mean. Well, so you'll see. You'll, 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 yeah, I mean everybody. Just so people know from Hillary and, right, and leaders and and yeah. uh, Golda Meir uh, to Aunt Jemima. You know, right. I mean yeah, yeah, all, yeah, of all of it. Betty Crocker, yes. they're all mentioned. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so and it has some movie stars in it. And it's just a really it's so great. Know, it's it, so Mary great. Mary Tyler Moore's in it, and you know, and it, then it was just like I got even crazier because it was like. What is wrong that we don't believe in women? That we don't believe in women. If we believed in women, we would have had... Uh, first of all, we'd have more women in doing Congress. And just doing everything. But certainly in Congress representing us. But we would also have had a woman leader like the rest of the world's been doing since the 50s. I mean... Now, what do you think is going to happen? For real, what do you think is going to happen to Trump? Like, do you think he's going to finish the four years? <sighs> Well, I think, I'm glad we're recording this. I'd just love to see if I'm right. I think the thing that the Russians have on him is I think he's involved in organized crime. I'll say that. Mm. I don't think it's a personal thing. I think it's a business thing, and I think he's been involved in organized crime. Yeah, money laundering and embezzlement. Yep. I think that's at the core of it, not personal stuff. I don't think he cares about personal stuff. If it was personal stuff, I think he would have said, throw it at me, you know, after that bus thing. That he yeah, walked away yeah, from. Right, right, I mean, my friend right, said, "Oh my right. God, this has got to be it. This has got to be the nail in the coffin." And I was like, "Totally! Oh my God, this is awful!" You know, and he came out of it stronger. It was like the NRA after Sandy Hook. It was like they came out of oh, it stronger. Even, yeah, yeah. It's like, how can you come out of something strong? Yeah, it's just it's you know PR. Yeah, you can't you can't even get your head around like how crazy it is. So I think. Um, I do think the only hope, and this is my, my real hope, is that he'll ruin the economy. Because that's the only way Republicans, you can get Republicans' attention about anything, is money. I mean, you know, you can be the worst person in the world, but if, you, you know, if you're pro-life, you're for us, right? right. You're our guy, right? Right. right. And I think um, money talks with them. And I think that is the line in the sand they draw, and that's why George H., Bush did not get reelected is he said he wouldn't raise taxes and he raised taxes and ruined the economy and then the Republicans all abandoned him and he didn't get a second term so I think like with Bush I mean with Trump that's my hope is that you know he'll ruin the economy not for the rest of us we'll all be suffering I mean we'll all take it up the shorts and will they just not let him get another term or will they kick him out I don't know that is such a good question I I don't know I mean Part of me is amazed that he's made it as long as he has. It's so weird. So weird. It's just so weird. But the Republicans, I mean, I think I feel at least the people who really should be taken uh, on the map for this is this um, is uh, Senator Collins from uh, Maine. Oh, right? they've met Senator Collins. Her? What in <laughs> earth is she thinking? And these moderates, it's like you are not going to speak up. I mean. And some horrible thing happens, and it's like, yeah, that wasn't a great choice of words. You know, like, not a great choice of words. You should be like, you know, and Bob Corker and, you know, Jeff Flake and these others. I mean, they come forward, but they're leaving. Yeah. You know, so, and then it's like, well, I wouldn't win anyway. So, you know, like, why are we worried about that? But so I'm frustrated with the moderate Republicans, and those are the people that should be booted out of office, I think. is mm-hmm. You know, because the hardcore ones, the hardcore right-wing ones are with him, and that's yeah. fine. You know, the weirdo Mitch on. McConnells of the world. Ugh, but they're you know, those freaks. Um, yeah. you know. <laughs> All those guys. They, <laughs> just <laughs> have, they have to bring out the, the, 
the illegal shit so they yeah. Yeah. resign, right? But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this whole Mueller thing. I mean, and it's like, when? God. Let's go. Like, how much more do you need? Let's go. No. Like, let's That's go. Let's where go. I want to, like, go. hire him more help or something. Like, do you need Seriously. somebody to type? I can, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll come in no, every Tuesday. That, oh, my God. She's a paralegal. Well, right. She doesn't type. Hey, gals. She can use a calculator, but. A dictaphone of some kind. <laughs> she yeah, she could help. She could help with something, she filing could. or something. But yeah. you know, I just want to say, like, if you need somebody from like Tuesdays afternoons, you know, For I'll real. be there every Tuesday Seriously. afternoon. My friend will be there Wednesday, and you know, we'll, we'll all take part. This, we'll right. all do like a parallel we'll group. We'll help you out just to get this thing through. But I like that. We should. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's a parallel right? co-op. Yeah, <laughs> like let's fucking get it going. Yeah. What do you need? God. Let us know, Before Bob. Before it's too late. I mean, there's no one left in the state oh. department. Oh God! Everyone's gone. It's so gross. Well, and the, there's no the, ambassadors to any country. And the thing that is so amazing to me is he just keeps. It, it feels like, and I know everybody always says this, and I know it's overdone, but I do think this is the one time where I can say I feel like I'm in Berlin in the 30s. I really do. I mean, I feel like, oh my fucking God, it's Adolf Hitler again, it's so weird. dressed as an orange. You know, it's but the like, real Hitler yeah. is Putin. We decided the real. right. I mean, Trump. You think they they think they want you to think mm. Trump's Hitler, but Putin's Hitler. Trump is more like Goebbels, but not even. <laughs> right. but he's like a different Mussolini, maybe. Yeah, he's like, Mussolini. He's no, like Mussolini. he would be a Mussolini because so he's, he's not that bright. Right, exactly. Right. He's more like a bulldog kind of a and a dog. Exactly. Yeah. Putin is Hitler, yeah. like mm. straight up Hitler. Mobster. Mobster. Like, yeah, and he's, he's controlling him. He's anybody anybody want to watch a good uh, Frontline on PBS, how Putin came yes, to power? Yes, I just power. said that one. Yeah, it's so Look good. Look that up, Talk listeners. about organized crime. Ooh, man. It's so scary. Oh, him murdered, like, that probably in those apartment buildings, probably murdered, like, 2,500 people. Yeah, and those kids... And just the, oh, the whole thing. And I'm telling you, Trump, Trump is going to do whatever he has to do to not be killed. Yeah. And right. just get his family killed. And he also doesn't want to go to American jail. Right. So right. now he's just sitting there at the top going, okay, I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do because I'm yeah. not going to yeah. not gonna give myself up for the sake of the whole country. Right, right, you know? right. Which is what he should do. But. Oh, and his whole thing. Frontline did a thing on him, too. It's just oh, his upbringing that. is... You know, oh, with his really father nuts. and his, his fucking, poor. He had an alcoholic his, brother that brother you know Frank. died. You know, yep. and they essentially like did nothing but make fun of him and belittle him, and he drank himself to death. I mean, it's just the whole thing. It's so <laughs> pathetically sad. God. You know, it makes the Bushes look like you know, it makes George Bush like look like. Oh, Einstein. I saw George George W. Bush was on something with doing something with veterans, and I was like, God, he's such a wonderful person. Yeah, <laughs> like for Gee, real. Really, why didn't I like that guy? I know. Why <laughs> didn't we like him? <laughs> Obama, they're best friends with them. They're like super good oh, friends. Oh, everybody says the Bushes are like the nicest people. I'm sure yeah, she so smokes, I have no... and I think that's All right, so she cool. Does. She does. Oh my god, you know that. She's a friend of mine who knew somebody someone. at the White House that she used to stand in the kitchen, which is in the basement of the White House, in the screen door and smoke. Yeah, uh, I thought that was great. She probably smokes with Obama. I love it. Oh, I love it too. I love too. that. I love yeah, it. It's yeah. amazing. I have one last question, then we have to go. I want to know, or we want to know, do you ever meet drag queens who are conservative? Ooh. Because, you know, we know one in Miami. Really? Yes, that kind yeah. of got shunned, Elaine, I guess. <gasps> Elaine. Elaine. I have wait. met gay men uh, who are conservative, really conservative. Um, and I tried to date a gay guy once who was conservative. And I thought, you know, I'm liberal. Right. I'm open-minded. We can do he this. He has money. We can make this work. <laughs> right. Well, he didn't have money, <laughs> but he was, but, I mean, you know. It was like, but you know, is that okay? He's interested in me, and like, you know, this isn't happening. You know, uh-huh. this is not happening. I was going to say every day. My God, it hasn't happened in the last five years. But no, I actually am dating somebody now. But 
the um, but I, I couldn't. It changes your whole outlook on life. I mean, everything. I thought, okay, I guess this isn't gonna work. And you know, <laughs> I was just like, sorry, you know. And he was still interested. Actually, he was. Oh, yeah, he was willing to wow. sort of work on it, and I was not. I was like, I can't. This isn't gonna go anywhere because. You know, the comments and the... It's just oh. such a different approach to life. Yeah. It's a, you know, how you view people of color, how you view poor people, how mm-hmm. you view women, how you view... Right. You know, like your helping, own... How helping, you view your own helping. privilege. Yeah, your own standing your own in the society privilege. and stuff. Yeah. It's just like he just didn't... He couldn't wrap his mind around yeah. that. He thought he had earned everything he got. Yeah. And <laughs> like, oh, dear God, you have no clue how lucky you are, you know, how yeah. blessed you are. Right. In the big lottery of mankind, you uh, you did okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Elizabeth Warren, you know, oh, that big speech. Oh, I love her. Do you love, who's your favorite girl? Is it her? Who would you like to see run? Well, I don't think, well, that's, that's two different questions. Yeah. What I'd like to see run would be Elizabeth Warren. Love Elizabeth Warren. And um, who would I like to see run? You know, as far as women running, you know, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, she's great. Because she's so practical, but I'm afraid she'd be another Hillary Clinton, you know, keep your head down and work, and that doesn't work. You know, that clearly doesn't work. The American public doesn't want you to get anything done. (laughs) They just want you to look fabulous. Yeah. So, um, gosh, you know, and you know, oh, 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 my representative is Keith Ellison, and um, I love him, but I don't think he would be right. He was the one that was trying to be the chair of the Democratic Party. And oh, that guy. That. That young great guy. guy, actually. Great guy. Muslim. First Muslim elected. To Muslim? Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that guy, Connor Lamb, is going to run. Oh, Connor Lamb. Connor Lamb. Oof. <laughs> it's got to be someone pretty. It does. That's all I'm saying. It does like a young. I mean, we're not talking about you know, no, brain does. surgeons that are going to the poll. You know? No, 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 no. no. Like, I think I, everyone yeah, realizes, especially yeah, after yeah. Trump. I mean, and it takes a Oof. lot of energy. It takes a lot of stamina. It really does need to be someone oh. younger. Like everybody yeah. wants. How are these seventy-year-old people? How Hillary no Clinton? Don't know. But just you know, keep going. I mean, day after wow. day after hour. Joe after Biden's going to be in his eighties, right? Yeah, I hope no. he better not run. Nice guy. Have you ever met him? No, but I love him. What? And he meets you, and it's like hi i'm joe <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i can't think of my own name or i'd say it right now you know so it's cool. like, yeah that is cool. oh. he seems like he's got a lot of swag and a lot of like and he just like and i planned because i donated enough to meet him and his wife oh, right you know at an event wow. you know you max out your yeah. contribution <laughs> and you know you meet these people so uh and i planned we were in line and i was like oh my you know, like you walk into the room and there's just is something about being in the same room with these people. Like, you know, Oprah could have been sitting there, you know, I'd have been like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't need a photo. Um, you know, and I adore her, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, movie stars, when you're in show business, not a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, not a big deal. Like, Carol Burnett, I think I would fawn over Carol oh, Burnett, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, that's like my, my okay. idol. But, uh-huh. but anyway, but yeah, I'm walking in the room and there's something about that. They say that too with presidents and big, you know, senators and so forth, you just kind of go, wow. And he was meeting people, and so mm. I'm like, I gotta think of something to say. So I planned, because I work in Robes Beach, Delaware, sometimes, and so I was, so when I met them, and I walked up, and his wife met me first and said, Jill. Jill, right? Not Dr. Biden, just, said, hi, I'm Jill. And I said, oh, I'm Russ. Hi, Russ. And then she introduced me to you know, her husband, and, the, and because he was saying goodbye to the next person, and then they shuttle you through, but he just took time, and I said, oh, I work in your state some of the time, down in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. You know, thank God I had something to say. I yeah. would have stood there <laughs> like, Delaware. fucking, I would have started drooling or something dumb, you know? 
And, uh, yeah, and he was like, oh, gosh, we have not been to Rehoboth. How long has it been that we've been, you know, he's talking to his wife, like, how long has it been? She goes, well, I don't think we've been there in time. Well, we have got to make, you know, and they're like having this conversation, and I am just <laughs> out of things to say. I've run yeah. out of words, you know. It's just like, the picture, I can't. I'm going to shit in my pants a little bit, you know. And oh then God, I left, and I just floated out of the room because I just think he is just the best. Yeah. I love him. So and her, too. And her, too. Her, yeah, That's why you spent $2 million to go to oh, that event. God. Right. <laughs> it was just under that. Yeah. But yeah, it was expensive. 1.5. It, it was pricey, but oh, God. Okay, like well, intense. let's wrap it up. Can we okay. talk about anything you wanted to talk yeah, about? Talked, I feel we, like yeah, all we've done is for almost an hour. So thank you so much for talking to us. You're so fun and such a bright light, like I said, in an industry that can be dark and catty and bitchy. Mm, and uh, Toxic. We urge all of our 14 listeners to make it a point (laughs) to see your show this year. So tell them where they can find all your upcoming dates and where they can support you on social media because even though we only have 14 listeners, they're very, very supportive. I I could use those 14 listeners (laughs) and your friends. So everyone tell a friend that's... uh, 14 times 2. Yeah, I'm a right. gay man. I can't do math. <laughs> um, so, uh, MissRichfield.com has my list of dates on my date book and always a little blog about every three months. And then uh, Facebook, too. And I have, like, 33,000 followers. Wow. That's a nice little chunk, but That's it could be 33,014. That's right. It could be. And you're going to be in Provincetown this summer? P-Town all summer. At I'm in a new location house. at the Pilgrim House. and not at the... You know where anymore. I'm at we'll the, discuss that later s- at dinner. Yes. And, yes. No, we're discussing that later. Yeah, I can't we're not, wait to talk to you about that. Right. It's going to be great, though. It's a really pretty low room in the middle of Provincetown. If you know where the hardware store is on Commercial <laughs> Street, it's across the street. Also known as Sage. Oh, yes. It was known as Sage. And way back when, it was known as the Vixen. Oh, the Vixen. And the Vixen was an awesome, fun place. But anyway, these lesbians bought it, and they dressed it up, and it was beautiful. Mm. They did a beautiful job on it. And then they sold it. To two more lesbians and oh. two gay guys. So anyway, so now it's owned by lesbians and gay men. So you're everybody's welcome. <laughs> Where else? Anywhere else coming up? You're here. Oh yeah, I'm in Rochester, New York, New York City, and just the next few weeks. I'm in Rochester, New York City, um, DC, Atlanta, wow. and Tampa. All right, we'll go the to the next few weeks. Everyone go to MissRichfield.com and yes. follow Miss Richfield 1981 on Facebook. And we have listeners in Atlanta for Ooh. sure. Yeah. So go the see palace or something, something and go like see uh, Miss Richfield live if you can because it's um it's amazing and, and it's thank you better. very much <laughs> thank better. you Russ thank still you working for... on the show but it's coming along <laughs> thank you for talking with us today and um, that's oh, it's it. an honor see you I'm later geez, bye now it's time for so there's that. part of the show where Julie has to find something positive to celebrate amongst all the shitty shit going on. She hates doing it and some weeks are harder (laughs) than others but I have a feeling this week was pretty easy so tell us what you got ma'am out. I wish I was as um, meaningful and impactful as Emma Gonzalez even though she really shit the bed at the town hall. However (laughs) she got it back she got it back at the March for Our Lives now, we, it was depressing about John Bolton. It's depressing that the country is run by American oligarchs now. <laughs> um, it's depressing that Putin's our actual president. And it's depressing. Just all of it's depressing. However, 
We did have a moment the other day when all the chills, chillins and gurs and burrs mm-hmm. came out for March for Our Lives in like a million different cities. And we had all these different passionate speakers and whatever. And it was it was amazing, even though like I've said to you and you can write me a letter about it. But even though the message is can be encapsulated in encapsulated encapsulated in humanity's most annoying people teenagers yeah the most annoying but, age group in the history of mankind I mean, is that age group period I, we all know just it. try and get past some of the i mean monumentally irritating but their shit's correct and they're doing it right and and they're definitely having a they're having a teenage moment where like I don't know if young voices have been heard like this since like hippies, maybe. I don't yeah. even know hippies weren't even this young. I don't even young. think they were this so, young. Yeah. So. so, you know, and there's a lot where I, whatever, but I love a lot of it. And the message I do love and I'm do happy that it's, I am happy that it's happening. And really, I mean, that March was important and I really hope that it is the beginning of a real thing and that um, they're able to get uh, legislation, legislation moved and done and i'm happy it's happening and i do like to watch it and i love seeing when people are together fucking holding their signs talking about enough is enough and you know no more guns and they're sick of the violence and violence all around ultimately at the end of the day these marches aren't just about school violence it's about gun violence yes in general and people that have been dealing young people have been dealing with it innocent people have been dealing with it right and the most to me the most um the most uh, impactful messages were the kids who came up and are talking about, I see this every day. I have lost half my family because of guns or gangs or walking down the street and just like a gun goes off or like a kid gets killed off of a trash can because of a bullet or, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the shit to me. Like I, you know. Because guns infest us like small, small areas, you know right poor areas where it's like they're living in war zones yeah they're living in war zones exactly like the mass shootings are obviously it's all horrible but there are people who are living with this day in and day out as if they live in goddamn israel so and i think it's cool that that this small group of very thirsty teenagers (laughs) managed to um the small group of thirst buckets i mean managed to you know mobilize America's kids and make America's kids from like literally like elementary school on up to college feel like they finally like were being listened to. Right. um, Had something to say had, you know, and 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 they have been mobilized And any of those seniors that are turning 18 will probably register and probably vote when they wouldn't have cared. That's right. And they put a name to the evil called the NRA. And I think that those most of the kids, for whatever reason, happened at Parkland. Those kids were tuned in and were politically um, connected. And like what Brad Brad said, they're like all um, they're in drama. They're in yeah. They're they're, they're, they're the artists of the school, right? Uh, so, which is also why they're thirsty. Yes, <laughs> and they are thirsty, and they will never not be thirsty. So they, but they are connected. They're connected to more than just like you know what's going on in their classroom or whatever so here's a clip from march for our lives from our next president emma gonzalez six minutes and about 20 seconds in a little over six minutes 17 of our friends were taken from us 15 were injured and everyone absolutely everyone in the douglas community was forever altered everyone who was there understands Everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. 
No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refused to, I'll tell you where it went right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Petty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Pollock would never. Since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening, especially the three of you who listen all the way to the end here. <laughs> if you haven't yet, please leave us a review on iTunes. Brandy promised to stop harassing you, so she's making me do it. And most importantly, please go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and listen to a free one-hour podcast. And if you like it, sign the fuck on up. It's $1 a week, and you'll get an extra, more fun, non-political hour of us. Please, please help us feed these damn kids. (laughs) And please, if you're in San Francisco on March 28th, come see me at Cobb's Comedy Club. I'll be performing with Belinda Carroll and Jeffrey J. And then on March 30th, I will be at the Laugh Cellar in Santa Rosa, California. And again with Belinda and someone else who I forget. So um, we're going to be in Miami Pride. We're going. (laughs) So me and Brandy will be at Miami Pride from April 6th to the 9th. We're going to be appearing in two events. Um, one is April 7th. Just look it up. You know what I mean? And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Miss Richfield. 1981. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's 
just a little brought down because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal. We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom <laughs> <laughs>